0: Welcome to Trinity United Methodist Church in Duncanville, Texas. Tonight we begin the season of Lent with our observation of Ash Wednesday. On Ash Wednesday, we prepare ourselves by asking God to create in us new hearts and to put a new and right spirit within us. Join us for the message What We Gained in the Fire. Good evening and welcome to the Ash Wednesday service here at Trinity United Methodist Church in Duncanville, Texas. Will you please pray with me? Our hearts are laid bare before you, Lord. You see us as no one else does. You see past the imposter's masks that we wear. O oh, oh God, we come to worship you, not with empty words and meaningless acts of piety, but with lonely, aching spirits. We long for the days of joy and gladness that we have known with you. Hold back the darkness that surrounds us. Show us your mercy. Cover us with your grace. We return our whole hearts to you this day as we pray humbly together in the name of Jesus, amen. Our Old Testament reading is from the prophet Joel, starting in the second chapter. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, it is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like blackness spread upon the mountains. A great and powerful army comes, their like has never been from of old nor will be again after them in ages to come. Fire devours in front of them, and behind them a flame burns. Before them the land is like the Garden of Eden, but after them a desolate wilderness, and nothing escapes them. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing, Gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God?
1: Our Gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. Who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for your uh, store up for yourselves treasures on earth, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of God for the people of God.
0: On Sunday, we read the story of the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, and we talked about how the transfiguration was reminiscent of similar scenes from the Old Testament where Moses Moses meets God face-to-face while standing on a mountain. In both the Old Testament stories of Moses and the gospel stories of the transfiguration of Christ, God is present there in the form of a cloud, But in the Old Testament, we also have an additional image of God. And so I want to reread one of the verses from the book of Exodus that we read this last Sunday. Now, the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in sight of the people of Israel. Now, because there's no fire imagery in the transfiguration, we really didn't explore this verse much on Sunday. Uh, It it wasn't part of our image of God for that day. But fire is an image of God is actually, you'll find this in multiple places throughout the Bible. Fires, for example, were used to consume the sacrifices of the people. Abraham almost put his own son Isaac on that sacrificial fire. God calls Moses out of a burning bush, and later on, the Lord appears as a pillar of fire to lead the Israelites through the wilderness, and then in the New Testament, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descends in the form of flames that are placed over the heads of all the disciples. And we often actually point to the beginning of the use of fire as being a major turning point in the development of prehistoric humans. The fire fire lit their world, it kept them warm, it cooked their food, it kept away predators, Later on, fire forged metals and was later used to fuel the Industrial Revolution. Fire provides life, but fire also produces death. We get burned if we get too close. Whole cities have gone up into flames. And I know right now we remain in prayer that we don't see this fate visited upon the cities of Ukraine. Fire is, in essence, a two-edged sword. We see this in the mythology of the phoenix. At the end of its life, the phoenix bird bursts into flame and then is reborn in the ashes, rising again to new life. And often, we can find our life in ashes. The world we knew and lived in is burned away, leaving nothing but kind of a rusty stubble. What remains can seem unsalvageable, and I know for these last two years, the pandemic has seemed like such a time when the world, we knew it, was burned away, but the fact is most of us will face several of these circumstances several times in our lives. Maybe you'll be one of the very fortunate ones who leads a charmed life, but even then, eventually death is going to get you. In death, we lose everything, relationships, possessions, wealth, position, even memory. It all gets swallowed up in death. We are created from the dust of the earth and to dust we shall return. Now, during Lent, we often speak of giving up something for Lent. We give up chocolate or shopping or technology. I know a lot of people uh, think about uh, doing a fast from social media, which is not a bad idea. In fact, all of these things are good ideas, and I really encourage everyone to take up some sort of Lenten discipline. But perhaps whatever it is that we're giving up doesn't really go far enough. Perhaps, perhaps what we need is not so much to give something up, but simply to give up. Now later in the service, when you receive the imposition of the ashes, you're going to hear, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. I was reading the work of one Lutheran pastor who always says when she's very imperfectly drawing the ashes on her congregation's foreheads, remember that you are dust, you are mortal, you are finite, You're going to die someday and you will leave some things undone. You will leave many things undone. You'll have to let go of this life, let go of your children, let go of your accomplishments, let go of your hopes, and remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. So give up, let go of something that you hold too tightly a dream, a person, a possession. Give up trying to impress people. Give up wearing uncomfortable shoes. Give up worrying about tomorrow. Give things away, give things away like love, an encouraging word, even life itself. Serve not expecting any, anything in return. Love without expecting a reward. Give up trying to save yourself. When we receive the ashes, we are acknowledging our mortality and our brokenness and our imperfection. And we're accepting the truth that God is the creator of the universe. God is at both our beginning and at our ending. All that we see and all that we hold dear will eventually pass away in fire and ash. But what we have left is the love and grace of God holding us together. But it's okay. Everything's gonna be all right. And creation is going to unfold as it should. And we will lose everything. But we will also gain everything we will find ourselves held in
1: the arms of God. Amen.
0: Dear brothers and sisters, our siblings in Christ, the early Christians observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's Passion and Resurrection, and it became a custom in the church that before Easter celebration, there would be a 40-day season of spiritual preparation. During this season, converts of the faith were prepared for holy baptism. It was also a time when persons who had committed serious sins and had separated themselves from the community of faith were reconciled through penitence and forgiveness and restored to participation in the life of the church. In this way, the whole congregation was reminded of the mercy and forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need we all have to renew our faith. I invite you, therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ, to observe a holy Lent, by self-examination and repentance, by prayer and fasting and self-denial, by reading and meditating on God's holy word, by worship and faithful participation in all the means of grace. And this evening, I invite you to begin this time of preparation through the receiving of the ashes of the palm branches as an outward and visible sign of God's inward working in your heart and in your soul. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and penitence, so that we may remember that only by your gracious gift that we are given everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, amen.
1: Please join me in our responsive psalm of confession. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done that which is evil in your sight, so that you were justified in your sentence, and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was born into iniquity, and I have been sinful since my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear with joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from death, O God, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. Were I to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise.
0: God sent the Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through Christ might be saved. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart We ask for mercy and find it waiting before the request is even made. Be assured, therefore, that you are blessed and purified in God's name. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In
1: the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven.
0: Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And now with the confidence we have in that forgiveness, let us pray the prayer that our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven... And now receive this benediction. Though we were overwhelmed by sorrow, in Christ we can rejoice. Though we were dead, in Christ we are alive. Though we have nothing, in Christ we possess everything. In Christ the day of deliverance has dawned. Amen. We hope you enjoyed and were blessed by this evening's service. Join us on Sunday mornings here on Facebook Live at 11 a.m. This coming Sunday, we begin a new sermon series, Easter in the First Person. How did the events of Holy Week and Easter look like to those who were there? You'll find recordings of all our services on our podcast, Jane's Most Excellent Church Adventure. Remember, we're now worshiping both in person in our sanctuary as well as online. God bless you in the week ahead, and we'll see you Sunday at Trinity United Methodist Church. Thank you.